Thank you, Eric. That that really meant a lot to me. Uh, I'm sorry if I get a little emotional because I've been here for the last two and a half years pouring all that I have into this ministry. And so if, if I get a little emotional, you know, just <laughs> bear with me. But for those of you who don't know, uh, like Eric said, my name is Seth. I, I did the internship here a long time. Like, I just graduated from the internship uh, this past year. And through that, that time that I was doing the internship, around September of last year, I got the call out to go out to Texas, but I didn't know when. And it was actually this coming week, obviously, that I finally felt at peace where I was like, it's time to go. So when I knew, I was asking God, I was like, what is a word? What is a word that I could, that could help me through, through this whole thing? And the word that he gave me was the journey. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well, that, that's cool. That's, that's, that's really cool. It has been a journey, but he's like, no. I want you to share the journey. And so tonight I asked Pastor Eric and I'm extremely grateful to have the opportunity to share what God put on my heart and hopefully just like how it blessed me, it'll be able to bless you as well. So like I said, my name is Seth and we are in a series right now called The Dare to Dream. And it's, it's one of those series where I was just like, I was actually blown away because I had that word, the journey, and I came to Eric with it right when he was saying, dare to dream. And this whole, whole thing has been a, like a dream to me. So, But last week, Eric was here and he spoke, uh, he gave uh, bits and pieces of three different people in the Bible and he and he was talking about how rejection, fear and failure are not fatal but for me one of the people that he spoke about uh, it's Joseph and today or tonight I want to really take a look deeper into his journey because he went through a lot and I mean a lot and he's actually one of the people him and David are the two people that I feel like I relate to the most so if you have your Bibles we'll we'll go start at uh, Genesis 37 and let's take a look at Joseph's life but I'm calling this sermon the journey from dream to fulfillment and let's pray Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the word that you have given me. I pray right now that you just speak to everyone here, Lord. Lord, let every word that I speak be from you. Let me take the back seat and you take the front seat, Lord. I pray right now that as each and every one of us hears, this, hears my voice, they don't hear my voice, they hear yours. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So I wonder... It may not be a lot of you, but I wonder if there's anybody here that has ever been backpacking before. It's a, 
I have, and it was pretty intense, if I'm not, like, I won't lie to you. But there, last year, when I was an intern, uh, we decided as the internship, let's do a backpacking trip. And keep in mind, we had two weeks to plan this whole thing out. So who here has tried to plan out something big in two weeks? There's, there's, there's not many of us, because most of the time when we know that, when we have a, that little time, something's going to go wrong. But we decided to go for it. We went, we planned it out in two weeks. Keep in mind, I, I, I have never been backpacking before, and none of the interns have been, and only our leader has been backpacking before. So we were all relying on him to lead us and to to take us where we were going to go. I didn't even get, let me just say this, I didn't even get the list of what we were supposed to bring till the day that we were leaving and I had already packed. So that's how it kind of started. But then again, we, we decided, okay, we're still going to go. We packed up two cars and we're like, all right, let's do this. I got excited. Obviously, I'm an outdoors person. So I'm like, I'm excited, let's do this. And literally, as we're going up the mountain, it's starting to get harder and harder. Some people are like, because the backpacks that we were carrying were probably around like 30 to 40 pounds, and you're walking seven miles with that on your back. So every now and then we had to, somebody had to like take some of the weight off, you know, just to, just to like even things out. But in the time that we were going up to like where the campground where we were staying, there were so many times, even me, who I love being outside, I love hiking, wanted to quit. In fact, it's funny because on my way up, right before we got to the, to the campsite, I have two really bad ankles. I ended up rolling my ankle and I'm just like, I'm done. In my head, I'm like, I'm done. There's no way I can do this but I still pushed through. We got to the campsite, and lo and behold, like I said, we had two weeks to plan everything. Things went wrong. We brought the wrong uh, poles for the tent. Luckily, one of us came prepared with rope, but it was a tent that was supposed to hold about like two to three people. It fit me because of the rope. That's it. Not to mention, our leader decided to bring, decided to bring his uh, sister's sleeping bag, his pink one. And because of the whole rope incident, he had to sleep outside. And that, that sleeping bag was not going to co like comfort him. So he had to trade with another one of the interns. But then, after, on the way back, after we're finally done, we're just like, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, it's, it, this was just too crazy. Like, we shouldn't have done this. On our way back, we literally, for most of us, we tried to book it back to the cars. We were literally, we had one, of, one person brought a speaker, and we were listening to Disney music on the way back. Just trying, trying to get to the cars as fast as we could. And lo and behold, like I said, I have two wink angles. We see something that just looks so good. I don't pay attention. Next thing you know, roll my other ankle. And I'm just like, wow, this cannot get any worse. 
But then we end up making, finally making it to the car, and we're finally done. And I'm, at least for me, I was like, you know, I may, this may not have been the most enjoyable thing, but I'm glad I was able to do it. And I'm, I bet you, if you were to talk to any of the interns last year, probably about ni- like all of us, except for maybe me that I might want to try it again, will probably say they never want to do it again. Now, I tell you that story not just because it's funny, not just because it's kind of crazy, but I tell you that story because it's to illustrate a point that it was not that, that the journey that we take is not always the easiest. The journey that we take when we have a goal is not always the easiest. And in fact, when you want to fulfill a dream, from, go from dream to fulfillment, fulfillment requires a fight. It requires a fight. There's no way that you can go say, I want to go do this and go, I, I, but all the hard stuff, no, I don't want to deal with that. There's no way. You got to go through the crap. So excuse my language, but you got to go through that in order to get to the good stuff. So my first point for tonight, or the first phase, I should say, to get from dream to fulfillment is you got to pass through the struggle. The struggle is real. We talked, like I said, last week, Eric briefly talked about Joseph and his dream that he had. And I'll kind of, I'll kind of like summarize it. He had a dream that uh, 11 barrels of hay were going to bow down to his. And then next thing you know, he had the sun and the star, or sun and moon and 11 stars that were going to bow down to his, like his star. And I can tell you one thing, what Eric said yesterday, if he were to tell his brother that, if I were to tell anyone in my family, they would probably slap me and go, you're crazy. But you got, we got to keep in mind who Joseph was in this story. He is uh, the second youngest son of 12. So you have the youngest son, then it's him, then it's all his older brothers plus his mom and dad. And then the other thing is, he was the favorite. And who here is, and don't, like, if you have a sibling in here, like, don't, don't worry about it, but who, who here thinks they're the favorite of the family? <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, I'm probably not. But, you know. But the thing that, with his dream, being the favorite and those dreams, that didn't make him the favorite with his brothers. But the thing that I found most interesting is if you go two verses above it, like he wasn't just going out there with the dream knowing what he was going to do. He was actually in the field. In fact, the struggle or like fighting for like the, the fulfillment requiring the fight, that fight does not start right when you get the dream. If you think about it, let's, let's take real life, for example. If you're dating somebody or you want to date somebody, what's the, what's the first thing that you do, you don't just go, oh, I know this person right here, I'm going to marry them, done deal. No, most of the time you're praying for them. You, don't, you may not even know who they are. You don't, I don't know who my wife is, but I'm praying for them. 
And I'm also working on myself to better myself to be the person that, that God has called me to be for my wife. Or let's take jobs, for example. Who here has a job? I bet you anything, if you were to jump right into the career that you want right now, you will fail. It takes a lot of schooling and a lot of like work with the beginner jobs in order to reach that point. In fact, like I said, in Genesis 37.2, it says, when Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He was out there before having the dream, working in the field. And I made a a quick mention to David about David. His story is very similar. Because David, when he first got anointed king, he wasn't out going, you know, like doing what king stuff would be. No, he was out in the field. He came in, got anointed, and then guess what he did right after? Went back out on the field. So what I want to say is before the dream, any of you, if you have a dream, like a God-given dream, before the dream can come to pass, you have to be working to develop the tools that you need to accomplish that dream. You can't just go into a dream and just go, I have everything I need. You have to be working on yourself, working on the tools in order to achieve that dream. So I know some of you might be saying, well, what if I don't have that God dream yet? Or like, what if I don't, I don't know what my call is yet? The one thing I want to encourage you with tonight is that maybe the season that you're in right now, maybe that season where you're actually working to develop those tools. So when God gives you that dream, you can be like, okay, I have exactly what I need to accomplish this. But like I said, once we get the call, though, it's not just smooth sailing from there. In fact, later on in that chapter, after he gets the dream and after he shares it to his, with his brothers, you know what his brothers do? Check out in Genesis 37, 18. It says, when, the, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. That's crazy. He co- Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him, throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him, and we'll see what becomes of his dreams. I find it funny that they did not like the dreams so much. They just wanted to X him out, like, you're done, you're, we're done with you. But I want to, one thing that I found out is even in the struggle, God can move and can intervene in any situation. In fact, look at the next verse. But when Reuben, one of his brothers, heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed, bro- shed blood? Just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. And then I love how it says, Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. In that time, in that struggle that he was going through, there was still that one light where God was like, no, you know, this dream is going to come to pass. So even in the struggle, he can intervene. Now, obviously, if you read on in the story, and we won't go too far into it, at least this part, they ended up doing that. 
But then they end up seeing slave traders and they're like, you know what, let's just make money off of him and traded him to the slaves. But that was the first part of his journey. So the first phase is the struggle. The second phase that I have is, I like to call it the almost. Now I know some of you might be thinking, almost, what, what do you mean by the almost? I call the almost in a way where it's, it's that place where it's like, you feel like the dream is almost there, you, th- you think this could be good, but it's not the full, like the actual full dream that he has, that God has for you. See, Joseph's life in, we go two chapters later in, verse, in chapter 39, it says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with, him, with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From that day, Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All of his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administration, just, just that word, complete administration and responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Now, if you remember Joseph's dream, he was in charge of something. He could have right then and there gone, you know, I'm finally in charge of something. This must be the dream. This must be it. And we find that a lot with ourselves too, where it's like we see this one area that is just so good and we're like, this has to be it. But yet there's still more. It's a mindset of contentment. And it's so easy to, find, to fall into that mindset in the almost. Because in the almost, you don't see as much growth. And quitting is common because our minds don't think that there's something better. See, also, when we, are, when we fall into that, into that contentment, that's when we have the chance, and it's easier for us to fall into trouble. In fact, going back to Joseph's story, and it's not up there, but summarizing after that, Potiphar's wife saw Joseph, noticed he was hot. Sorry, that's literally, literally what it says. And just had the hots for him, and he's like, I want to sleep with you. And, and Joseph was like, no, not going to happen. And then one day, he let his guard down. She ended up get like the ro- his Joseph's robe ended up he ended up she ended up getting it off of him, and he booked it. And what did what did Potiphar's wife do? Still with the robe in her hand, like, oh my gosh, he raped me or he tried to rape me, and accused him and got thrown into prison. See, if we stayed content, if he would have stayed content in the almost, he could have fallen into that temptation. And imagine if he would have fallen into that temptation, he wouldn't have fulfilled what God had promised him. We need to continue to fight 
and move forward in the almost. Because as soon as we stay still, that's when the enemy can take us out. So my first point, like I said, was the struggle, or the first phase. The second phase is the almost. The third phase, the fulfillment. See, after all that happened, he goes to jail, and next thing you know, like he just happens to be in the right place at the right time. And one thing that I love, fulfillment also, like it requires a fight, but it also requires timing. See, he was in the right place at the right time. He just happened to be in prison where a cup, uh, the Pharaoh's cupbearer and the chief baker just happened to be placed into prison as well. And then one night they have dreams. They tell Joseph. Joseph interprets them. They get out. The dreams that they had come true. And guess what? Joseph told the, I think it was the, the, uh, the cupbearer, Remember me. Remember me. It took the cupbearer two years to remember Joseph. And the only reason why they rem he remembered Joseph was because Pharaoh had a dream. And nobody could, could interpret it. In fact, when he finally remembered Joseph in prison, the first thing that Pharaoh did was said, okay, let's get him. Let's see if he can do it. And you know what? He, he interprets the dream. The seven years of famine, or the seven years of, of like good, and the seven years of famine. And we'll pick up the story in Genesis 41 where it says, Joseph's, success, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anybody, anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all the people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on the throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger, he dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second command, and wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, Kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt, and Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Going on into the story... Joseph kept fighting. In prison, he kept fighting. When things look the darkest, we need to keep on fighting. There are so many times where when things look dark, we just want to give up. But in the darkness, in that time that we are, that we are fighting, that's when we experience the most, most growth. So as you know, finishing the story... Joseph, during the time of famine, Joseph's brothers end up coming and kneeling down before him, and the, the dream was fulfilled. But later on, uh, Joseph's father ends up passing away, and now the brothers are scared, and they're like, oh my God, what is he going to do? We, we tried to kill this guy. Like, uh, Is he going to have us killed now? What's going to happen? But in also the dream of the fulfillment, 
Joseph's whole perspective and mind changed towards his brothers. Because it says in, in, chap, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me this, to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And I find it funny. There are so many people here that think, oh my gosh, like this person tried to wrong me or whatever, and now I'm just going to X them out of my life. You know, don't, don't deal with them. But no, he saw the dream in a different way. Because if I were to see that dream where I, where I was going to have people bow down to me, I would probably from that point on be very cocky and things like that. But no, Joseph was just like, I'm going to continue to fight and I'm going to continue to go and move forward. And I'm not going to let people stand in my way. See, in that, I'll bring up a short story with me and we'll kind of start bringing this to a close. But I did the internship, as I said, and it took me four years to get through it. It was something that God had called me to do. But through a lot of stuff and other things, like it, it ended up taking longer than what I wanted to do. It should have taken me two, three years, no, but it took me four and there were many times in that internship where I was just like, I feel like I should just give up. This is taking too long. I don't know. I don't know when the next, like, when things are going to get better. I don't know. But I decided to keep moving forward. And as I kept moving forward and continuing what God had called me to do, I ended up being brought to this church finished the internship and now I'm uh, in literally about eight days I will be leaving to Texas to where God had called me to go it took one simple decision to keep moving to keep going forward and keep fighting forward one simple decision and next thing you know God opens up doors to many things and it reminds me of a, of a scripture that Paul said. And I love this scripture because it basically tells you exactly that. In Philippians 3.12, it says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He decided to press on. And now we see him as somebody who wrote three quarters of the New, or I think it's three quarters of the New Testament. And he went through a lot but he said, no, I'm going to continue to press on. See, sometimes the journey in fulfilling God's calling for our lives or God's dream for our lives may not look exactly the way that we planned it. There will be a lot of ups and downs. Trust me, I know. And I'm still not there finished. 
But through the ups and downs, the one thing that I want to encourage you is to keep moving forward. See, God wouldn't place a dream in your heart if he doesn't plan on guiding you towards that dream. He's not just going to give you a dream and say, you're, you're good to go. I'll stay back here and just watch from a distance. No, he's like, I'm going to give you this dream and then I'm going to lay the foundation for you as you go and watch that. And I felt, I read this as well and I'll end with this. But I felt like when I read this, I felt that this is for someone here today. This is God, what God is saying to you today. I will fulfill all the promises I made to you. Not some, all. The things I have spoken to you are coming. I am freeing you from the chains that have held you back. Stay close to me and watch me move in the midst of your storm. He's saying, watch me move. He's not going to let you just fall down and not pick you back up. No, he's going to say, watch me move and I will be with you through it all. From dream to fulfillment, from dream to fulfillment, it requires a fight and it requires timing. And not just my own timing, not Pastor Eric's timing, not any leader's timing. No, it's God's timing. Because God's timing is always perfect. So Lord, I want to thank you right now. Thank you for the word that you have given me, Lord. I ask right now that you that you just implant that word into the people's hearts that it does require a fight, but to keep on moving forward. Lord, I thank you for tonight and everything that you are doing in the hearts. And before I close right now, I want to give an opportunity because maybe you're in one of those phases right now and you say, I don't know how to move forward from here. I want to tell you, and I feel like God's telling me to tell you, you will make it through. Just move forward just keep moving forward and if that is one of you I'd like on the count of three just to raise your hand because I want to pray for you so I'm going to give you a chance to to respond to this on the count of three ready one two and three Lord you see the hands right now I pray right now that you give them the strength and the peace and the encouragement and whatever they need to make it through. Lord, I ask right now that you show them that you are guiding their path, that there is nothing in their way that's going to stop them from achieving for what you have for their lives. I pray that in Jesus' name. I also want to give an opportunity if there's somebody here that does not know Christ. I don't like to leave whenever I speak without giving that opportunity. And if you want to have a relationship with this God who's literally going to get, like, be with you through everything, through the thick and the thin, if there's somebody here that does not accept or that wants to accept Christ tonight, 
I'm going to count to three and I'm going to give that opportunity to you. So one, two, don't miss this opportunity, and three. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for every hand that was raised, Lord. I pray right now that you just come into everyone's life and just show them who you are in their lives, Lord. I pray that you just be the God over everyone's lives. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.